0: Hi, Hi. Uh, my name's Zora Aziz. Um, I'm a recently qualified therapist, um, however I've been training for the past four years, um, mostly at postgraduate level at university. Um, but I was lucky enough to have a two-year stint at um, Sue Ryder uh, Hospice in Leeds, so that was where most of my training took place, my clinical side. Um, so that was quite an eye-opener. So that's my the bulk of my practice was at hospice, but since then, um, I've started my own practice, um, so I work in private practice now, and I work with a variety of issues, and to, to be honest, quite um, a diverse clientele as well, um, many different ages, and kind of, got we've got men and we've got women attending of different ages, and I think that's quite refreshing, to be honest. I think there's a bit of a change, a bit of a shift.
1: Right. Is that um, what, what? That
0: it's becoming a bit more...
1: What I'll do is all right, tell you what best thing to do is. Could we, if we switch our cameras off, then
0: yeah, that yeah.
1: will, yes, it'll be a better connection for you. So I think
0: open, so, because yeah. it's taking too much, isn't it? The yeah. um, too so I'll much switch energy.
1: My camera off, you switch yours off, and then yeah. there'll be less, less pull through on your bandwidth. Is that okay? I understand?
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: right. So I've turned my, it looks a bit odd, doesn't it? But I'll just wait for you to turn your camera off. right um
0: cameras off yes
1: right right I think that'll be better now Zorak so yeah, yeah. um us yeah, so start so, again. <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's yeah if you just just
0: yeah like, if that's okay a okay hello hello my name's Zorak Aziz um I'm a counsellor and psychotherapist um I've been practicing for approximately three years now uh, two of those years my first two years were at um Sue Rider Hospice in Leeds some largely kind of bereavement related work um, however, it also gave, gave rise to many other issues as well. For the past year, I've been working in private practice, so I work for myself at the moment. Um, it is nice to see that. There's quite a variety of um, people I see, and you know, different kinds of issues arise as well.. Yeah. Yeah.
1: so what 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 led you into um, counseling Zorak?
0: Okay. Um, well, I have been a teacher for over 20 years, so teaching, lecturing and so on. Um, So I've always been in a helping role, you might say. So it was a bit of a natural transition because often I would find myself um, helping people, advising people, listening to people, kind of providing pastoral care. Um, So I thought it'd be interesting to go into it a bit more, learn about human nature, psychology, um, why people behave the way they do. Mm. The way, why we are the way we are to be honest so mm. i find nature quite fascinating to be honest
1: yeah do you
0: see like as, as human
1: beings there's like a common thread mm. running through us all if you know what i mean i know we're all very different but yes as, yes. as a species do you mm. see a, like a common thread between
0: humans that's an interesting question actually um i think that is probably the level on which i connect with my clients to be honest
1: oh, on the humane
0: yeah level, the humanistic side. In other words, we all have a level on which we can connect. And it's often when we are in trouble, we are in pain, we are suffering, we want to help. Yeah. We have this natural instinct as human beings, I think, to want um, to help others. Um but I think human human experience um is more similar and shared than you might first think. Because often we think, oh, that person's life must be so different from mine. But they're often dealing with very similar issues. Maybe the setting's different, the circumstances might be different. But human beings essentially are the same. And we have, you know, common common problems. Um, What, for example, anxiety, that's a very human trait. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And we're often trying to eradicate anxiety, but yeah, it's part of being human. It's Mm -hmm. there for a reason. Um, it has a function. Um, so, that's one example. Yeah. So, so,
1: you know, when you said then that we, we you know, obviously be humans and we experience very similar things,
0: you know, yeah. we all... Exp-
1: yeah. so, so if that is the case, and, yes. and why, why do you think there's such a stigma around mental health if we all yeah. experience it? You know, it, 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 there's a bit of a sort of dichotomy there, isn't it? That we, yeah, we all point. It. We've yeah, all got it,
0: but there's yeah. a stigma around it. What, what, where it's do you true. think that's come from? It's it's a very strange concept. I'm glad you highlighted that. I think um, when it comes to like physical illnesses and ailments, we seem to have no issue with going to the doctor mm. or seeking help, and it doesn't seem to be stigmatized or seen mm. as a weakness or anything, no matter what the illness. But when it comes to anything related to our mental health, um, I think it's often perceived as a weakness um, yeah. in common, you know, in society. I think particularly with males, yeah. um, with men, it's seen as a weakness you must just crack on you know the old stiff upper lip and it's kind of stoic, stoical kind of yeah attitudes expected and yeah. seen as a weakness perhaps in modern day kind of thinking though i think historically there's nothing there was nothing wrong with actually seeking help from people um, and it was never seen as a weakness for a man to show emotion the warriors have done it in the past as well it's, it's nothing new mm. about expression expressing emotion um, but i think in modern society Perhaps for males in particular, it's seen as a weakness to show any kind of um, sense of emotion or feeling, because mm. um, it's just perceived as weakness, I think. Well, why do you think that's come about? Then we you know
1: what what. I know it's mm. difficult to say, and there could be yeah, yeah. a number
0: of, you know, different reasons.
1: But yeah, why do you think things have changed? You know, because I, I think talking about men like you did, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, but, but I also think, and I'd like your views on this, is how women seem to, you know, sort of be under more pressure. Now, I've for that, I think the social yeah. media has a big involvement yes. with that. So why do you think society has has changed so much, you know, uh, going to this the mental health side of things and the, the stigma that's attached to it?
0: Um, I think, obviously, that's a, that's a big question. But I, one thing I will say, which is positive, is that there has been a shift recently mm. and celebrities now coming forward. And even members of the royal family, for example, Prince Harry, but other like celebrities as well, sports personalities—they are coming forward and saying, saying openly that you know, we do have, we struggle. Freddie Flintoff, for example, yes, had a program, didn't he? On yeah, that was brilliant, and that. yeah. And again, that, that that was you know interestingly enough, the the root of that problem was anxiety as well. It's a form mm. of anxiety, an expression of anxiety. Okay, yes, it's it's an eating disorder, but often these eating disorders arise from anxiety of some sort mm. so, so the way it manif- the way something may manifest may not be directly related to what looks like the cause yes for example for yes. example if i say with men it's seen as quite a common stereotype the, the young an- angry male or even the the young black angry male mm. so it, these are like stereotypes and in society these are acceptable forms of emotion yeah that's seen as an emotion but really when you unpack the anger there's often other emotions behind this anger yes so for yeah. Example, yeah. it might be fear powerlessness mm. despair mm. um this for example the inability to speak to people yeah, um, yeah. that often leads to suicide in men as well um mm. because there isn't that channel for them to be able to like, speak about what they're thinking or feeling or you know just the way
1: they are. It's yeah. trying to unpack the reasons for that anger, then, and, and yes, then try yes, and find out, you know, yes, yes. Where, where it's where yeah. it where it manifested or where it began, yes. really, you know. And okay. but, but like, it, it, it's, as you said, you know, I think there's all of the celebrities and sports people that that are now coming out. It, it can yes. only help, can't it? I think so. But, but I still do feel that there is that. There still is, you know, a bit of a oh, you know, just go have a week off, you'll be fine. What yeah. what, what you got to be depressed about? You know, yeah, what will you anxious yeah. about? And I, and I think the, a lot of, most, if you like, non-clinical individuals yes. probably guilty of that. I think even those that do have yes. anxiety and depression themselves sometimes struggle to understand it in other people, yeah. if you know, if you know what
0: I mean. It's consciousness, the consciousness of it isn't always there. I mean, you'll find even with medical practitioners, um, they won't recognise the fact that they may well be depressed, but they just yeah. carry on um, regardless.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, obviously, with, with the current state of the pandemic and the NHS nurses and doctors, the constant barrage um, of, for example, this emotional barrage of all these kinds of deaths and mm. admissions into the ICUs and people on ventilators, this whole image is very kind of traumatic. Yeah. And they, again, they're just expected to crack on. I don't even think that is necessarily appreciated. You know the enormity of the psychological impact on mm. those pr- practitioners. So even in within the pr- profession, I would say, yeah, we um, really yeah. lacking. But that's why we, for example, as therapists, we have supervisors and we see them regularly to make sure that we're um, that we're okay as well. To be honest, yeah, I think yeah. it's difficult. You know,
1: using the example that you give of you know the 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 the, the NHS frontline workers in yes. wards and ICUs, I, I think as, as as, as any as, as a human being, it's very, very difficult to understand someone's situation and how it's affected them unless you are yeah. in that situation yourself. And, and I think that's what the general public sometimes or all of us struggle <laughs> with. You know, the, there's no way you can understand what these frontline workers yeah. are experiencing unless you're on the frontline yourself. And I think maybe yeah. that's where stigmas are coming not just with them but with us all you, you, you know i think mental health's like a thing a fingerprint isn't it and it's all yeah and i think it's, that
0: you know it's, it's, do you think that people are not able to relate is that what you're saying
1: yeah yeah i think so because i think you know it's difficult to relate you, yeah. you can never 100 percent relate i don't think because you're not them and you're not in their situation True that, that, is a, that,
0: is a, that is a fair point yeah um, but i think that's them. where
1: you come in isn't it you know think. professionals like yourself but we
0: we have to be honest and say you know that one of the keys keep you know key, key, key features of being a therapist is to be honest with yourself as well and if you yeah. cannot if you cannot work with a particular client because you don't have the wherewithal or you don't have the skills to deal with that person then we have to be honest with ourselves as well because otherwise you could put yourself in a difficult situation where maybe somebody is really traumatized or somebody's struggling with some kind of Disorder mm. that you're not really equipped to deal with that, so to understand your own limitations as well, yeah, yeah. to um, yeah. recognize you know what you can um, actually tolerate, yes, um, yes, and cope with as well. Um, but yes, as you said, with frontline workers, we can only imagine, but we're not there, are we? So no. we can't, no. but what we can do is if if we're if a nurse were to come to us, for example, we would listen, um, provide undivided attention and try mm. to try and look at it from their angle um, try and you know try to understand their experience of the world. I think that is a key point actually I think each person's experience of the world itself mm. um, and their own personal reality is unique mm. that there were going to be various people and they will have their own angle on the mm. same say event for example. Yeah but, yeah but well, each as I said, each person's angle and perspective is unique. But they may have witnessed the same incident or event. Yeah. Um, I think there's a Greek philosopher and um one of the ancient Greek philosophers, and he said it's not the actual event itself, but our perception of it that creates this kind of distress.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: So the way we choose to understand an event in life, I think that gives rise to um stress and and mental health problems to be mm. honest yeah depending on what our perception of the perception world of is. It.
1: yeah it's a bit like when when you if you go to like i don't i'm, I'm just a made up example i like go to an art gallery and me, me yes. and you could be sat looking at the same yes piece of art but take completely different things away from it, couldn't we? Mm, and that, yes. Is that a similar sort of yeah, similar sort of example def- that, you, you know, that you're talking about? Yes,
0: definitely, because you are seeing what's significant to you. Mm. Something may resonate with you that doesn't resonate with me.
1: Mm. Um,
0: but the, the actual source material is the same. But yeah, yeah. we're both coming away with two unique experiences of it. Mm. Um, but I think one thing that is important is um, to just... I think to be there for the other person, even if we don't think we understand mm. what they're going through, sometimes just being there for somebody—that in itself is, is quite significant. It has quite, mm. quite um, a positive role to play. Mm. Just, listen, just, just listening, right. just listening, and 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 just again, you don't have to know what to say. You may, you know, you might be afraid of saying the wrong thing, and that's that's all, you know, all well and good. the best thing is just to be there and listen with genuine concern, compassion. Yeah. Yeah, and, and give them your undivided attention as best you can. Um, sorry, so, sorry,
1: no, no. So, 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 as regards to you know, sort of, you know, us. And when I say us, I mean society as a whole. Yeah, trying to break down stigmas that are still there, regardless of what anyone says. What, what, what do you think? You know, we could do as individuals, as a society, as a, as a nation to help. Yeah. You know, to help if you like humanize mental yes. health and therapy What? what, yes. what do you think, how, how could we do that well what, that's, a good, what do? that's a
0: good question and i think one thing that's come up um when i've looked into therapy and when i look online look at people's websites and things it does look quite mysterious <laughs> that's what i'd yeah. probably say and that's what struck me because when i was making making my own website which I haven't launched yet but i was making i was trying to look at it from the angle from the viewpoint of a client potential yeah. client yes somebody just browsing and i'm thinking I wonder what they're thinking, I wonder what they're, what they're seeing, and I wonder what impression they have of therapists. Are they, are these people aloof? Um, does it affect them? Do they not feel anything? But, you know, we are normal human beings. We, you know, we are like you. And I think that's an important aspect of therapy. That I think to, for the therapist to be honest, to be open, and to be accessible is probably yeah. what I'm trying to say. And to try to normalize therapy. Yeah. And, and I think if, if we can talk about mental health as if it's something normal, as you might do about like a broken leg or something, mm. or, or, or the influenza, yeah. or even COVID, for, for example, it's quite a severe illness, but we do talk about it. And maybe, you know, currently, maybe we're talking about it too much and too, much. too much information. Um, there's too much information being bandied around. But the thing is, there has to be this normalization of it. Yeah. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's not something that's a taboo, but something that is affecting most people. Yeah, most time, to be honest, to some degree. I think Um, I
1: think we 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 all have mental health, don't we? Like we all have physical health. Yes, yes. We all have differing degrees of physical and mental health, but like you said. people's physical health is quite easily talked about. Yes. You know, someone, you know, goes for a 10-minute jog and comes back and they'll happily say, "Oh, I'm knackered, I'm knackered. Yes. But, but very rarely will someone say, look, I'm really struggling with this aspect of my yes. situation. And But you, when you mentioned then about, uh, putting yourself in the shoes of the, the client or, you know, someone yes. that would, would work with the therapist. Yes. And what do you think, what is your perception, what, what do you think normal people like me perceive therapists to be like? What have you surmised?
0: Hmm. I think that's interesting because I often do ask, I say, what do you intend to achieve? What, what is it you're looking for? I do try to determine this. And there are times when I, I actually openly say to the person, I say, I think you seem fine to me. Why is it you've come? What's the real reason? Because a person may present, Danny, with something else, okay? Mm. They might mm. come to me saying they want help with it, something. But then something else transpires a few weeks later. The, the true reason comes out later. So a person may put something on the table thinking, this is this is what I'm going to go to the therapist with. But really they want to talk about something completely different, maybe something yeah. deeper. Um, and yeah, maybe they, they might be unsure of what they can say. So it's, it's about developing the relationship with me, for example. Mike, the, 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 um, the approach I use, it's known as the relational approach, which means we use the relationship between the therapist, the therapeutic relationship between the therapist and the client. That's like the, the foundation stone of this all, and we build on that. I think without the successful relationship, Therapy, True Therapy Content Place. Mm. Um, to be honest, that yeah. is my starting point. That is yeah. where I work from. So I always try to make sure the, if the client has any questions, they're not on, they're not sure about something, I encourage them to ask. Yeah. Um, try, I, I, I engender an um, environment of openness as best I can. Um, and thankfully, even people you might think are quite reserved, eventually they do open up. But it's, it's yeah. like gaining their trust, to be honest. It's
1: like any relationship, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, it's been... It's feeling for me to talk yeah. to anyone at whatever level. Obviously, yeah. the varying degrees, the varying levels you speak to someone at, the more trust you have, you have to, you feel yes. you need with them, don't you? So if it's just like a, hiya, do you have a good weekend? Yes. Very low, or you know, up high level or whatever. Yeah. But when you when you then start opening up about your true, your fears that you have about yes. yourself, then that that, that trust is paramount. Which well, is the number one thing for me yes. as, a, as
0: a as a you know as a layman well it's interesting though because what you've really told me there is it's about making yourself vulnerable and and that fear i mean everyone has that it's that you know and and quite rightly so that everyone wants to protect themselves and they don't want to put themselves in a vulnerable no because they may they may feel open to attack for example um so it's about feeling safe so this the, the environment um the therapy space it really has to be safe for the client they have to feel as though the therapist is trustworthy everything that's shared is confidential so this this feeling of it being private um and safe um and secure to be honest i mean this person needs to be reliable they can rely on this person Mm. maybe people to be honest who haven't experienced that in life where they have people they can rely on they can trust um and that they have like a, a consistent relationship with and in fact in therapy Um, The main aim is, well, for me, the way I work is we model ways of behaving and relating to other people in the therapy situation with the view that when they leave therapy or they leave the room of the the therapist, Mm. then that is something that they can take into the outside world as well. So it's almost like a small microcosm where they're behaving in a certain way with me. And the idea is it's modeling behavior for them. Yeah. And then they take that into their own world into their own lives. And yeah. to be honest, they often the ones who are engaged in the pro this is important, Danny. The person has to feel engaged uh, because there is work required from the client. Yeah. yeah. You know, they have to want to change. They have to want to get better. They have to want to do something about their current situation. Mm. Um, it's not the therapist who does it for them. Um, but we can facilitate, enable, make it easy for them and help mm. them, guide them, support them. I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, no, well, totally. Yeah, because it, it, it's similar to like a personal trainer,
1: if you like. You know, yes. I can have a personal trainer yes. while I'm in his or her company. Yeah, I'm eating correctly. I'm working hard. at, You know, yes. training. I'm. I'm not. I'm consuming water. I'm doing all the yes. right things, but the minute I step out of that gym or wherever, yes. if I don't choose to, yeah. you know, continue the 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 signpost, follow the follow the guidance that that person's given. Me, yeah. Then I'm going to be no further on the next time I see him. Am I You don't go to gym once
0: and yes, you know,
1: be, become you know become yeah. uh, you know a physical an, an an immense physical specimen. Like you don't yes, go to yes. one therapy session day and and have everything suddenly become clear and you be able yeah. to deal with everything that's going on in your life. But when you said then about you know being vulnerable and, and yes. people not wanting to be vulnerable, I think, I, so. I think that is where. To yeah. Stigmatize, of I think, certain so. one part of it that you know yeah. you don't want to be vulnerable to, yeah, to you know, you, even like you know, you might not want to be vulnerable to your spouse, of course, so you, yes, you know. And, and I think that's that's a and I'm just that's my opinion, just as, as you've said that it's led me yeah. to think, well, now, I think that's where the, the stigma's you know coming from. And, and like you know, w- w- with with men now, you know, it's the biggest killer of men yeah. my age is suicide, yes. you know, uh, so you know, I think 35 to 50 is the biggest killer of men, yes. What 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 could what can we as men do to, you know, arrest this this problem? And I don't yeah. mean it's a problem to, to want yeah. to, you know, what, what can we do to arrest this stigma
0: that we carry within ourselves? I think just providing spaces, to be honest, there has to be a space where they can just talk to somebody. It doesn't have to be seen as, you know, the traditional kind of therapist-client mm-hmm. relationship. Even just somewhere where they can chat. And, you know, I'll tell you, tell you something another some people deal with um distress by doing it's not always about sitting with feelings um this happens even with bereavement for example there are are ways of processing like distress and sometimes some people need to sit with the feelings and express them and so on and process them Mm. other people just want to get on with tasks and do things and similarly you know if people were to do tasks together it can be therapeutic you know for example like going camping for example yeah you know, them out doing something they enjoy, a bit of me time, for example. Okay, mm. so looking after oneself. I mean, I remember you talked about you talking about the personal trend, and that kind of made me think about my holistic approach in the sense of when I speak with my clients, I do ask them about how they sleep and what their diets like as well, and yeah. I look at the their daily routine. It's not just about thoughts, feelings, and emotions. So it, it, it really is a whole package mm-hmm. about them as a person. And you ask me about how do people connect, it's on a human level. Mm. It's not, for example, this is an important point that I do not see that person defined by their problem. Mm. I think that's quite an important point to make that. Because if I let's say somebody comes to me with an eating disorder, I'm mm. not gonna say, okay, he's the guy or she's the woman with the d- disorder. No, that's the person in their own right. Yeah. Look at them to respect them, to respect their humanity. Yeah. The they might be a mother, they might be a sister, they might be a daughter, might be an aunt might be a best friend to somebody yeah. they're not just the problem yeah. and i think that's an important part of therapy that looking at the different parts of ourselves, yeah and also danny accepting parts of ourself because oftentimes what will happen is a person may not like one part of themselves and then start it's almost like um it's like rejecting part of oneself mm. that can be quite unhealthy as well but sometimes it's important to just acknowledge yourself as a complete human an integral human yeah made of various parts does that make any sense yeah it does well when you said earlier then about you don't see
1: people as their problem for example or or the the thing they're dealing with but but do you think though that that is one of the issues with that person that they see themselves as that problem if you know what i mean you know i'm I'm a binge eater or i'm this and that instead of seeing themselves as i am a mum you know so,
0: yes. so yeah is, is that one of the issues do you think? It can be it can be it's like a defining part of themselves yeah. people but other people may have experienced it from other people though so for example other people may have judged them yeah. um, and that projected their views on them and instead of them originating within that person's self it may, it may come from society for example especially with um, online personalities a lot of yeah. the whole you know raison d'etre their whole existence depends on being accepted by people online and keeping people happy and so on and so forth. Yeah. With constant kind of um, posts online and trying to you know keep up with people's demands. So it's about societal values as well. We can internalize them sometimes. They could become what they call introject. You know we we can project some views onto other people, our own views, but then you can also introject them. So you might have societal societal views. You may have like friends online, I mean online friends and you may be trying to um incorporate all of their kind of demands in your person, in yourself, yeah. and trying to please others. Um, so yeah, it doesn't always have to originate in that person, though that can be part of the problem that they only see that part of themselves. Yes. They concentrate on the negative.
1: Yeah. Yes. There might be
0: a fantastic mum, there might be a great, yeah. Yeah, great you know, might be a good
1: person at work, there might be yeah. fantastic at cooking, or you know, we've all got our gifts, haven't we? But as you yeah. said, I think I think what what I see as, as humans, you know, a lot of, a lot of us, a lot of people are, are naturally programmed to always look for the negative, aren't they? And, and Yes, I think we do, yes. Yeah, I think true. an example I give of that is, is like I've said to people, if you go to a restaurant and it's nice, you might tell, you know, your close mates Yes. If you go to a restaurant and it's crap, you tell I don't. But you know, you <laughs> tell everyone. You know, it's all over oh, oh, things. Fucking reviews have done yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and I think yeah. that, and I've seen things like that happen. And I just That's, thought that is a lot of humans in general always
0: focusing on the well, negative. It's an interesting point you make. Then it's quite. It's quite. It kind of brings us back to our original point. It answers that point, doesn't it? About human mm. nature. Mm. That is another facet of human nature. In that. Bad news travels fast, yeah. or that we f- tend to focus on the negative. Back to what I said before, you know, that like we have a situation, or yeah. there might even be a real situation. We, it might be an imagined situation, but the person's mindset might be negative. Mm. We'll only see the negative aspects of yeah. what happened or yeah. not happened. So this is what I usually challenge with my clients. I will say, "Okay, tell me what happened today." For example, if they say they have had a bad day, I says, mm. "You telling me the whole, ba- the whole day was bad? Yeah, nothing yeah. at all." went right in your day.
1: Yeah.
0: Every minute of your day was bad. Is that what you mean? Yeah. When they start unpacking their day, they start to learn, actually, they did have some pleasant moments.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I often ask them, says, you know, the way you, you, you're concentrating on the negative aspects of your life, how much time do you actually um, give to the positive things? That mm. have in your life? Do you dwell on them? Do you sit with them? Um, oftentimes we don't. We, we will dismiss the positive mm. sides mm. and concentrate more on, the negative aspects or as I said, they might not even be real, they might just be perceived. Yeah. You can have a distorted view of reality. Um, mm. For example, like, let's say somebody has got like, um, s- some body dysmorphia, for example, they may see themselves in the mirror, and they may see themselves as being fat, but they're not. They may see, see themselves as being overweight, but they're not. Mm. They to see. Um, and it's just, it's their perception? Mm. Or it goes back to the artwork example we spoke
1: yes, about, doesn't it? Just, it? You know, yeah. you know. I may look at that person and go, "My God, what a fantastic figure!" But yes. it doesn't really matter what I think. It's what yes. what that person thinks of themselves, isn't it? That's the of that's, that's most important. And why why do you think though, as humans,
0: we're so bothered with what other people think? Oh, that, that, I like what you said there, So that that does go back to your sense of self, though. Mm. Our sense of self, I and mean, it comes back to sense self esteem. Another thread that came about before was the sense of autonomy, in the sense that you know doing things for yourself and not necessarily about other people around us, yeah. and you know having a sense of agency and being a free spirit or a free agent, you might say. Mm. Um, and so having this um, set, if you have a fully developed sense of self, that you will be comfortable with who you are as a person, wants mm. yeah. and all that, yeah, realizing you know I'm not a perfect human being, yeah, yeah. I will be but to actually be content with yourself and to be to be honest to also be able to sit with your own company that's a good sign that if you're able to enjoy your own company yeah chances are you're you're quite comfortable with yourself you're comfortable in your own skin Mm. yeah that that ability to be able to just accept who you are as a person yeah respect Uh, as well i guess yeah no i i agree and i think like i i've
1: done i worked on myself a lot over the years just probably not intentionally but just you know probably subconsciously to the point that i think that a lot of people you know that 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 are if you like don't have you know such good self-confidence or self-worth i think a lot of them a lot of people struggle with the fact that they're not perfect yes you know and i think that that that, that when they make a mistake they, they go oh you know uh, uh, oh i've done this wrong yes. i've done this wrong and like I think, well, you know yeah. who, who who has lived a life without making a mistake no one because the only way yeah. you learn is by making a mistake and I, and I i said to my missus i said look just chill it's a mistake you know you've got yeah. to be i think you've got to be comfortable and yeah. confident we
0: making yeah. mistakes that's my opinion on it's a good it. that's a good way of looking at it. i mean there's an arab saying like similar to that saying that you know you have to fall to get up yeah so I mean, you have to, you know, you have to fall off your bike as well, don't you? For example, exactly. you, bike, you yeah. might fall off the horse, jump back in the saddle, and so on. That's why we have these sayings, don't we? Yeah. But there is that. But then, then that takes us back to human nature again, doesn't it? This is yeah. a universal kind of human trait. Yeah. Where we're not satisfied and and we're trying to. It's, there's nothing wrong with bettering yourself. But when we become consumed or overwhelmed with kind of negative thought um, yeah. and you know having a negative view of ourselves, I think that's when that's when it becomes problematic or dysfunctional um yeah but, you know a natural sense of wanting to improve yourself there's nothing wrong as you said you know you've spent time with personal development and so on and so forth um that is a natural desire in a human being to better themselves they call it self actualization don't they you know where you mm. try to become the best form of yourself yeah yeah and work towards that um, you know you, you might not be perfect the end result but the fact is that you do you're doing your best yeah. to try to improve you know you're working towards betterment
1: yeah, I think it's been comfortable with, with the fact that you can't be. There's no such thing as perfection, yeah. is there? And like I, I said to, I said to my wife, I said, look, I'm, I'm comfortable.
0: Yeah.
1: That I know myself enough. Yes. To, you know, know to to to, to sort of not worry what people think about me. Yes. Because I think I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. I am human. Yes. And, and I accept that. And so with that, I don't care what people think. You know, that, as far yeah. as you know, I, I don't. I don't dress and think, oh, people are going to think this or and and people are going to think that. I think I know myself well enough to that I always treat other people with respect. I, you know, try and take their feelings into consideration when I do anything. And I I always try my best. And if I make a mistake, hopefully, which I think, again, going back to humanistic behavior, I think admitting you're wrong is a thing that a lot of people struggle with. I certainly do. You know, admitting you've, you know, I'm okay saying it. I struggle to say sorry to my wife. You know, because yeah. because not because because I, I think, uh, and my mom and my yeah. son, because I think they're, they're so close to me. It's like if I've done, it's not that I've, I've, I'm wrong, I'm yeah. scared of yeah. making an error. I just think yeah. if I've done something wrong, it's affected them, and that's where I struggle to, you know, to to, 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 to oh, admit to myself I've, I've I've
0: done something wrong. If you know, do you know what I mean? Do you know, what yeah, you, you sound like yourself self-assured, though. You have a, you have like a developed sense of self, and I think that is healthy in itself. Um, so who you are as a person and you, 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 you openly highlighted some, some of your relational patterns and how you relate to family members and so on and what I think in therapy what would happen is we would explore that and you'd, you'd help mm. the client for example to unpack why they do certain things mm. and it can be quite enlightening sometimes um, for the client to understand why they do things and then we can yeah. look at the cause of you know why we might avoid something you know we might be a bit of avoidance um, it's a kind of defense sometimes, defensive yeah. behavior. Yeah. Often we have defensive behaviors. Um, but w- when I say defensive, it's not in like the common ten- sense of the term. It doesn't mean that you know, you're know you putting up a fight every time yeah. someone gets to you. Yeah. But we do have, like for example, humor is a form of defense. Mm. When we feel uncomfortable, we might crack a joke to yeah. make ourselves feel comfortable. So these are seen as forms of defense. Some people might be avoidant. Some people might procrastinate. Yeah. Um, some people yeah. might put on a smile when they're feeling miserable. So these are small things you'll see in people's behavior and it kind of indicates that maybe they're just trying to hide that they're feeling uncomfortable mm. um or maybe content but it's sound that you are content with yourself and in fact if you have this self of sense of self-acceptance and i think that is something we we do strive for mm. um all of us as human beings i think mm. um, and we haven't used the the uh, the H word, as in happy. <laughs> I think that's quite funny because <laughs> it's such a it's a common misconception. Oh yeah, I must try and seek happiness. I'm like, excuse me, but what is happiness?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: What is happiness? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, be, you know, what on. is
1: it? it, it yeah. uh, are you yeah. happy? Well, it happened now, <laughs> you know, but but some, yeah. something might happen when I leave this, you know, when we when we when we turn this off, and I walk into the office, and yeah. you know, something might happen that I think, oh bloody hell, I've got to deal yeah. with that now. So, I I think I think it, it, I do. I, I I think as a layman, it's about knowing yourself. Yeah. But, but, but yeah. you know, you, 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 and sometimes I will say to people, who knows you better than you? Excellent. Yeah. No one is there. There can't be anyone, but we we don't know ourselves anymore. unfortunately we don't
0: I mean, I mean it's a very old uh, you know adage or saying know thyself yeah because we, we, no it's such a huge topic though isn't it mm. and we are constantly learning about ourselves mm. and you know about ourselves and how we relate to other people and uh, you know how other people's views affect us how you know our place in the world I mean, that comes that kind of like dovetails into existentialism and, you know, of purpose as well. And I think that's another thing. A lot of people do struggle with this. I think, Um, like, for example, let's say somebody becomes redundant from the job. Let's say during the pandemic, for example, people sat at home wondering, what's the point? You know, what is the point of, you know, even existing? What is Mm. the whole point of anything? So that can be something, you know, again, that's a human trait to have to question your own existence. And I think it might have been socrates or plato one of the famous philosophers said you know a person who lives a life without questioning their lives you know they're living a life not worth living Mm. something to that effect he says something along those lines so you know questioning ourselves is very healthy it's very normal it's very human to be honest um you know we're not perfect but acknowledging and accepting oneself Mm. is is an important you know step towards personal development and you know there, there is quite a common um, I mean, to be honest, nowadays a lot of people talk about mindfulness and being mindful. Yeah. Yeah. what is that? I mean, it is again just being conscious of maybe you know your surroundings and what you're feeling, what you're mm. thinking, even your bodily kind of sensations, mm. and just kind of being aware, even of your breath. Look at how we're breathing. Sometimes we might not be breathing in in, in the correct manner. Maybe our mm. posture is not correct. You know, just being conscious of yourself. Yeah. Um, and not kind of just doing things um, because it's a routine or yeah, out, of, yeah. out of like an autopilot kind of situation where we don't even think about why we're yeah. doing something to actually develop kind of consciousness of our behaviour
1: and the but, way we are. And that's humans again, is isn't it, Zorak, I yeah, think, in yeah, my yeah. opinion, that we are creatures of habit. Yes. You know, and it's like I, I listen to a uh, listen to like a lot of podcasts and stuff like that, and book. I read a lot of books and all that stuff. And this day yeah. on this podcast, we're talking about you know, habits, and he broke it down dead simply. And yeah. he said, as, as, a, as a you know, as, as a guy, he says, you've probably got a routine in the morning, and you yeah. probably go into the shower, and you probably yeah. wash the certain parts of your body in the same yeah. order every time, and you probably then brush your teeth in the... So you either brush your teeth, then shower, or shower yeah. their teeth, but he says, I guarantee you, you'll brush the same... that they'll wash the same parts of your body yeah. in the same order every time. And yeah. I thought, bloody hell, yeah. You know, that's how habitual... Yeah we are and I think that's how difficult it is maybe to then get to know yourself or maybe break habits that aren't
0: positive for you yeah that, that is where the difficulty lies I think for most of us I So I think it requires courage and I think that that's a really nice example of simple tasks day, mm. daily tasks that we do but we don't think about them but yeah. having a consciousness of thinking okay I'm going to wash my right side on my left side I'm going to wash my hair first and actually stopping and thinking about that you know, I don't know how many how many of us actually are conscious of that.
1: Yeah.
0: We just yeah. do things out of routine. But then having said that, routines are important for human beings, especially during difficult times when yeah. they feel like they've lost control of their lives. Yeah. I often say to people, I'd like you to follow a routine, yeah, a daily routine, write your own kind of daily routine and mm-hmm. try to stick to it. So giving yourself
1: yeah. a sense
0: of structure. Yeah. yeah. To be honest during the pandemic, for some people I found, especially young, younger people. It's been quite a lifesaver in the sense of giving them something to get up in the morning to do, yeah. going out for run, and then yeah. coming back and then maybe making like making themselves like a shake, some kind of protein mm-hmm. shake or a smoothie, or whatever, um, and actually going through the motions of actually doing something purposeful. Yeah, yeah. Find, give, providing themselves with a structure, and that goes back to pur- purpose, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, back, it does. For example, why am I doing? Exactly. Why am I yeah. doing this? I, I
1: actually. I've seen that during the pandemic with with a lot of people that you know because every day is sort of yes you know sort of molded into the next and yes. weekends are no different than weekdays. I've seen so many people that the days just yes. become like a you know I'm trying to like you know yes. like a, if you if you blow like a a, a big bubble in yes. in liquid and it, and it and it's very malleable so all the yes. sides are in and out. The days yes. are like that. There's no structure. Yes. You know, they get it's up fluid. and they want. They they have they eat at different times, they yes. they go to bed later and, and so sort of what I've seen is people's a lot of people's um, days are sort yeah. of running three and four hours behind the normal yeah. thing. You know what yeah. I mean? So are yeah. going to bed at you know, two and three o'clock in the morning, but getting yeah. up at ten and and, yeah. and the starting off with no routine. And I think how you start something, yes generally it always continues like the you know, you start the
0: day late or rushing about, you, you seem to be always trying to catch yourself up don't you yes catching up with yourself no yeah. yeah you make a very valid point and I think that does tie in with therapy because you know therapy isn't just about speaking and you know it's not just about thinking and changing behaviors well actually behaviors yes because we look at the way that person looks after their well-being generally mm. as well as I said I do talk to my clients about their sleep patterns and I encourage them to try to make sure they use the, the available daylight especially in the winter months because you know when it's dark you can't be spending time yeah. to sleep when it's dark outside. You need to make you know, optimal use of the daylight that's available. So I do encourage my clients to do that because it affects your brain as well, the circadian rhythms. I mean, now we're coming towards spring and we'll be at that kind of balance of 12 hours of darkness, 12 hours of daylight. Yeah. And yeah. these do affect you. Um, and then the body will be getting ready for you know, summertime and so on. And hopefully we'll be more energised. And I think we need to have an awareness of, um, our surroundings and our health and well-being and try to look after. I mean, again, it's looking after yourself, isn't it, and taking care of your health mm. and your body and your mind. Um, I think that is an important part of that. You, you talked about people's routines being out of kilter, um, and I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing leads to another, and it, and that's why I do encourage my clients um, that I work with to actually to establish routines, Yeah, um, get themselves... Yeah. Into a sense of sense of a pattern of behaviour, um, and it often helps uh, quite dramatically. Mm. Uh, but again, creatures of habit, as you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, going following on from them, the creatures of
1: habit, and you know maybe societal uh, demands or yes. norms and cultural,
0: you yes. know,
1: uh, differences or norms or expectations. Yes. As, as a, you know, a, what, what is your background, Zorak,
0: if you don't mind? Yes, I am from a South Asian um, ethnicity. I'm born and bred in the UK, but I mean, i am I'm of, like, South Asian descent. Yeah. Um, and, again, it, it's been very much a case of just getting on with life. And mm-hmm. it's not you don't talk about feelings. It's not, it's not something traditionally done. It's um, almost self-awareness, I think, maybe self-awareness self-development is encouraged but not necessarily like for example meditating that kind of thing that might be encouraged but not necessarily talking about what you're going through um i don't think that's culturally something that's compatible maybe and i think that they've seen that in africa as well where you know traumatized tribes when the you know people have gone down and said "Oh, we will help you with um speak they call it logo therapy in other words speaking to people but they said we have our own rituals. We have our own routines. Yeah. Yeah. We might, for example, they might go bathe in a river, and for them, they're cleansing themselves of their bad memories and trauma. And then they might say to them, "Right, I don't want you. To, we're not going to speak about it anymore." Yeah. They, they consider it to be the traumatic. They consider trauma to be like a ghost that will come back. So yeah, each culture has its own way of dealing with mm. um, stress and um, issues. But I think, unfortunately, um, that is something lacking. Uh, I my experience in it especially in the south asian community i think yeah there is fear of people knowing your business yes <laughs> i that's yes. to, to yes. put it yes. yeah no, I t- <laughs> I t- get it. because
1: it's i do think it's
0: ridiculous sometimes well, I, yeah. I, t- I
1: totally get where you're coming from that you know and, and that's why i just wanted to sort of clarify yeah. your background to just to, yeah. just so people could would yeah. know you know you are culturally uh, qualified to to comment on this as well, you know Yeah, you probably, you probably, your name probably give it away, but you know, I just wanted to just just clarify that for everyone. But yeah, I've seen that in the in the BME community, there's such a a a fear of everyone knowing your
0: business or judging you. Yes, there is that fear, and and that that was a thread I wanted to pick up before, and and in the sense that when we're in when the person is in in a therapy situation in in the the therapy space, you know, they're making themselves vulnerable. and develop trust, but ultimately it's a non-judgmental environment that's key yeah. um, and that client needs to know they're not going to be judged, that they can tell me whatever they want, no judgment will be passed because at the end of the day, I mean, we've heard all sorts, we hear all sorts, there's nothing that's going to shock us yeah. and we don't take, we, not, we don't consider it a reflection on the person. Yeah. Um, as I said at the start, that, you know, that problem or that issue doesn't define who that person is, yeah they are a fully rounded human being they're an integral personality yeah. they are not just one problem that's just one aspect of their life that they may be going through in the present time but I it think, doesn't define them
1: yeah I, I think that's one thing that i will you know sort of take away from this and i'll probably label this podcast as you know your Problems don't define you, or something like that, because, like you say, a lot of people do. But, but you sort of just, 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 going back to the to the BAME community, and, and, yep. and you know, sort of maybe, maybe their reluctance to yes. uh, to to seek, uh, if you like, outside assistance. Yes. What What do you think? How could, how could you know, members of the BAME community maybe encourage a more open uh i'm trying to you know pick my words carefully so yeah, I don't, yeah. you know offend anyone but yes. what, what do you think the bme community could do to maybe normalize talking or getting some help um
0: i think first of all um language can be a barrier i mean the language barrier is one um so i mean one of my first clients um when i was working in private therapy was um, one young man, he, want, he wanted therapy for his father. So I, I did that in, in Urdu and Punjabi, to be honest. Yeah. And that w- was one aspect of accessibility. But then there was that whole concept of, you know, um, is this person qualified to deal with my issues? Um, I think sometimes there can be this concept of, is this, person able to de- is this person able to help me? Will this person be able to help me? um so having that i guess i guess it's trust again isn't it Mm. trust that this person can indeed help them yeah so reassurance is probably correct to to reassure people that it's okay to talk that again again, it's about confidentiality that you know what is shared in the therapy will remain there it's not something that's going to be um shared in the community just as it it not with a doctor for example you may, you may you may attend a doctor surgery and you may know doc, you may know the doctor there but we don't seem to have the same fears there no um, no yeah I think it's a perceived mm. it's a perceived
1: barrier I think I think um, that, that goes back to the normalization of physical yes. health doesn't yeah. it uh, and so you go to a doctor you trust them and, and I think you know sort of Doctors, you know, certainly in the probably the generation before I was and before that, very well revered, weren't they? They still are, but you know, they were very pillars of the community. They were very trustworthy, and I think that's a really good, you know, sort of sort of a highlight you've brought in there that that people, you know, anyone, the BMA community included, will go to a doctor, have no concern about talking to them about the problems and confidentiality, but. When you talk about the mind or the internal self yes there's a there's a big there's a a big change
0: there isn't there yeah and and again it's back to making yourself vulnerable but i think there is the fear of the unknown there i think that's Mm. the key factor not knowing what to expect and maybe making it clear what happens in the therapy process i think that is another one of those aspects i talked about before the mystery of therapy Mm. what is it all about one of the pages on my website that i'm making at the moment is you know what will happen in your first session yeah to expect what it will look like, you know what does therapy look like? Some yeah. people have no idea what goes on in the therapy no right no now. no um, so yeah it's I think it's about openness, making it clear yeah. and normalized, as I said, and I think yeah. if it is more accessible for people, it will become normalized yeah. but yeah. currently as people' there's the, you know especially with the NHS and charitable organizations there's quite a long waiting list I yeah, think, yeah. Uh, just yes yeah. so that's I, I agree. Much.
1: I yeah. totally agree with that, though, that you said that, you know, the more accessible it is, i.e. the more people that are actually yeah. then using it, yes. then it, be- it becomes the norm. And, and again, I'm just trying to use a, 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 a layman's term here. It's a bit like when, when curry was introduced. You know, <laughs> you know yeah. what's this? It's curry. Ooh, it's and now it's yeah. chicken tikka masala, is the, I think, the national dish. dish. You know, yeah, and, and, and so yeah. it, it, therapy... You know, yeah. let, let's try and make therapy
0: like chicken tikka masala. It's true. That's a really nice example. You Was know that garlic before? Was that something French people ate and it's stank? Yeah. yeah. Like onions, garlic, yeah. as you said, the smell of curry. Oh my God, that's, you know, yeah. it's a very strong, smelly, you know, kind yeah. of kind of <laughs> that, could be good,
1: that could be a good title for this podcast let's make therapy like chicken tikka masala i might, I
0: might actually call it that if you know like, because you know i actually, think that's perfect i think that's really nice i thought you really hit the nail on the head there because it's normalized the use of spices look at cuisine now it's all varied in the uk now look pizza's italian and yet again you might may, you, may, you know it's probably one of the most commonly eaten um you know Food, you know, foodstuffs, isn't it? I mean, yeah. pasta, <laughs> chicken tikka masala, naans, you name it. It's, it's become more acceptable to have a variety of, in your diet and so on. Um, yeah. Similarly, I think I think a, a good example might be taking Canada or the USA, um, you know, as a role model in the sense of it's it, it can be seen as a badge of honor sometimes to have a therapist. Yes, yes. Yeah, my my clients do see it as something they look forward to. Yeah. Um. So I don't. My clients don't have this experience whereby it's something they dread. They come. They yeah. look forward to it. Mm. They do they're kind of proud of attending therapy? So mm. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, no.
1: Totally. Yeah. 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 But it's like having a. People yeah. are very proud of having a, a, a PT. They, a yeah. Their personal. Yeah. Okay. They'll happily they'll say, Oh, I can't I've got I've got a PT session tomorrow. Yeah. But yeah. Very few of them would say. Oh, I've got. I can't make it. I've got a therapy session. Yeah, you know they, they'd be proud of doing it in themselves and seeing you. They'll look forward to it, but they won't. They won't budget like. And, and basically, a PT,
0: a personal trainer, is is physical therapy, isn't it? It is. It is. I mean, I'd say something very interesting. I think, um, and uh, it kind of came to me then was the sense of um, the agency in terms of when you go to see a doctor, you're not actually in charge of what happens. It's a doctor who takes the lead and you're a patient. And you don't really have the power there. Whereas The power dynamic is in favor of the doctor. Whereas in therapy, I I encourage my clients to realize they have full autonomy, independence. Mm. They can even walk out the room. They can walk off if they want. I will not stop them. So I always always make it clear that you're full agency here. You don't have to be here. You choose to be here. So that is the difference that, I, I try to impress upon my clients that you are here of your own free will
1: yeah
0: and it's not me talking down to you but we're having a dialogue and then the other thing the other interesting twist in the tale is when I have clients who are proud of having therapy they will say they will say oh my therapist said this <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And quite busy yeah. so that quite be sometimes yeah that gives them a bit of a boost they say oh my therapy I'm going to see I have a therapist they won't yeah. say I'm see the shrink or I'm going to see yeah, the therapist. Yeah, yeah. My therapist said, or my therapist applied. Yeah. So you see, there is that kind of ownership there, that this yeah. is my process, this is yeah. something I'm working on, this is something I'm proud of, that yeah, I'm working on. Yeah, it's
1: something to be proud of. I do totally, I to- that's the word I was thinking as you were saying that. I think, you know, be proud yeah. that you're working on yourself, whether that's in a physical, with your mental health, with anything, you know, I think it's something if you're trying to make yourself better or improve yourself as a person individual mum, dad son brother grandma granddad whatever i think as human beings we should be proud of ourselves for making improvements because you know it's it's hard anything's
0: hard isn't it you know there's nothing comes easy when you're trying to improve yourself well in fact i mean actually reminds me of some of the main key features of therapy in in my view is that i do try to develop self-awareness self-knowledge but also insight yeah. this is something I develop so it's not always about feelings and you know it's not always about okay how do you feel today and in fact sometimes I mock this common kind of caricature kind of therapist to sits there and says, how does that make you feel yeah. it's not all about that it's, it's actually I try to develop a skill set in my clients and I say to them look I want you to be able to be resilient without the therapist so eventually when you stop therapy I want you to be able to cope now what would you do if you know this scenario to arise yes. How would yeah. you and I want to be sure that you have enough resilience to be able to deal with that you're yeah. not reliant upon a therapist so I do you know I encourage and in fact a lot of, a lot of my work is based on um self-development and insight self-awareness self-knowledge back to what you said self-knowledge know thyself yeah uh, and that that is a different angle if you think about it it's a different way of looking at it it's not just about talking about your feelings is it actually starting to understand yourself and yeah. the way you tick. The way you tick, to be honest, probably, you know, that's one of the things that interested me in therapy anyway, you know, what makes human beings tick? Yeah. Why is it that people behave the way they do? Uh, and you start to see patterns in, in behavior mm. and um, people repeat patterns of behavior as well. Yeah. Um, and then making people aware of that can be quite enlightening for them. And empowering is probably the best way to put it as well, because when a person's got this knowledge about themselves, it's they can take back charge of their own lives as well yeah. yeah yeah yes it's like when you said though then
1: about you trying to you know empower the individual so that they do you know basically make yourself redundant you know yeah. for what's a better term yeah and, yeah and like there's a there's a i'm just there's, there's a like a, a slide on our website and i'll just read this to you because it's very similar in a different but different so it says here if you so if you rely solely on medication yeah. to manage depression or anxiety, for example, you have done nothing to train the mind. Yes. So that when you come off the medication, you are just as vulnerable, vulnerable to a relapse yes. as though you had never taken the medication. So, and yes. that's very similar to said that medication it by itself yes. will not, you know... Um, you need to learn don't you going back to what you've said that the medication may and i'm not an expert may make you feel better or less anxious but if you're not learning about yourself and what is causing this then you're not gonna you're not gonna get better in inverted
0: commas, are you it's not going to provide resilience for you is it yeah no the pill and that pill itself is not going to tell you anything about you as a person No, <laughs> it's not gonna. It's not gonna develop your sense of self. Uh, no. But what would be helpful is if a person does need medication, take m- medication alongside talking therapy. Yeah, CBT, whatever. And so that would provide like a parallel service for them, so they can yeah. have this kind of you know get to know themselves better. And mm-hmm. at the same time, if they need something to help their moods, yes. you know, the in the brain, yeah. you know, maybe they yeah. do yeah. need medication. Yes. Um, but alongside that, talking therapy would not harm them. Brilliant, believe.
1: brilliant. Well, Zorak, you know yeah. we've 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 been going longer than what I said. I've taken more time than what I said I would. So, I, I, I thank you so so much for no, this. No, really, really yeah. interesting, and you know I could listen to what you're saying all day. So it's going to make for a
0: fabulous yeah. episode. Is I, this? I apologise because I felt stilted at the start because I think once we once we. We've got going, I think it was more natural the flow. And I think, you know, the, the fact that we've spoken longer, I hope that gives you more license to edit. I think. Well, yeah. Well to to be to be
1: frank, Zorak, yeah. um, there's note that needs editing from my okay. perspective. You know, yeah. I, I can I'll 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 take I'll top it with the, you know, when I started recording. But as soon yeah. as we get into it, there's note for me to to you know to, to remove from this. It's, been, you know, it's been oh fantastic. Yeah, it's okay. been and, and I think what's been what's been great with this for me personally is that you know, the, the, this this episode has normalised a lot of, if yeah. you like, clinical terms or okay. feelings. You know, you know where, where we've where you've used terminology and then you've then used normal stuff next to it. Yes, it's allowing the normal. Yeah. You know, a, a, a to. like me
0: to totally understand. I think the danger for me off. was to go into whole therapist speak and start like sounding like a research essay. I was wary of that, but sometimes yeah. I use terms. Yeah. I have to say dysfunctional, I have to say of sense, sense of self. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes terms are necessary, but I can't speak to you on that level because it's going to sound like a PhD. Yeah, like, no, but like the, the, is, and well, that's
1: it. If 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 this were going out just to the professional community, then, yeah, yeah. you know, fine. But, but this is for, I think, as you've seen on the other episode, this is yeah, for yeah. people in all aspects of life, you know, yeah. people that are working, people that are running businesses, yeah. people that are maybe, you know, are in that place where they're thinking, oh, you know, things aren't right, I need to go to the yeah. doctors, people that are having therapy, people that need therapy. Yeah. And, and I think when you, when you spoke about the, you know, putting yourself in the shoes of the, the client, yeah. that to me is what hardly anyone does that. And I don't mean just in therapists, yeah. I mean yeah, in yeah. any business, or anyone selling a service, yeah. very few of them. <laughs> put themselves in the shoes of the potential client. Yeah. And, and I think that is what we all need to do. Whatever Empathy, whether we, whether, empathy whether, isn't it? It, it is, I mean, it I exactly. That's empathy. But,
0: exactly. And I think uh, when I speak to the people who do come to me, a lot of them um, obviously they want to come for trauma. They, they tell me they came because they wanted help with trauma or bereavement. But I've had people say, because on my listings it talks about helping people to function better. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a person may feel as though they're not functioning the way they normally do. Yeah, um, so yeah. maybe they might feel they're being dysfunctional in their behaviours and they want to change it, but they don't know how. So right. I think therapy can help yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's kind of yeah. to understand themselves, and and that slightly it slightly moves away from this whole concept of just because this this is where I think it becomes accessible for men. If if we help them say, look, one of, one of the lads is actually like a He's a trend engineer, and he said to me, "He says, oh, this is good. It's reverse engineering. That's what he called it.' Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. well,
1: that's that's to... how he sees it, isn't it? That's yeah, how, it's how he how it was was reverse
0: it, engineering because I'm yeah. telling him how how he yeah. thinks. He goes, oh, well, that's interesting.' Goes, but it is reverse can... It's reverse engineering, isn't it? Yeah, it's a great, cause... it's a
1: great <laughs> way of putting it. It is. It's, yeah. it, it is like... I, li- I liked him saying that. I yeah, thought it was it's really like cool. taking yourself back. Well, it is yeah. because you yeah. know you're maybe obviously we're not going to talk about who he is and what he is, but like anyone, you sort of maybe trying to find out what's gone on." before
0: yeah. yes to,
1: and then you can maybe work out why we are where we are now
0: exactly and how, right did mm. how did i get here how yeah. did i get here because it's like a person might say right i'm here how on earth did i get here, why I here? yeah yeah what well, it's am like i doing a here? car isn't it you know if i yeah. just come and visit
1: you yeah yeah I, i'd either use google maps or i know where you live and i'd just go yeah, without yeah. thinking but it's yeah. then stopping and thinking how have i actually got to yeah. the shop oh, i went down that road <laughs> turn left. but again it's you know it's all you know habitual and we don't we don't we don't put ourselves in that moment do we and and maybe yeah. that is you know
0: what what we need to do more and in fact i often call therapy um a journey and yeah. i talk about the, the the relationship being the vehicle yeah so the therapist relationship therapeutic relationship is a vehicle and it's like a journey a process yeah, yeah. Um, it's not it's not a you know it's not quick fix um and it's not you know one you know it's not one one method fit you know fit fits no, everyone. No. um it's not
1: like a prescription is it you know doctor i've got a headache here take two paracetamols
0: yeah. and come and yeah, see me right next week like that. it's not like that it's very that, unique it? it's very unique and i tailor i usually often tailor my um therapy for my clients according to what kind of person they are what they're looking for how they, yeah. how they think as well the way they think so mm. i will tailor the therapy process accordingly as well according right. to that brilliant, brilliant. brilliant. So, right
1: thanks yep. so much You're absolutely most fantastic I've really really enjoyed it it's thank been you amazing right. so Zorak Aziz thank you for thank appearing you. on the Narrow Road podcast
0: thank you very much